0: Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. All right, so that's Polar Express. Many of you have seen that movie. And uh, I, I am going to attempt to preach in this. I don't know if it's going to work, but I've, I've never felt so, you know, whatever. But anyway, um, so let's look at this. You know, this, this movie, in, in essence, the Polar Express, that you voted on by the way uh, is, is about a young boy reaching this point where like a lot of movies and things he's struggling is he going to believe is there still a Santa Claus that's his deal of course this Polar Express train shows up and takes him and some other kids to the North Pole on Christmas Eve and they get to see Santa and, and, and they're dealing with that but today let's just springboard off that uh, today I'm not going to try to help you believe in Santa Claus that's not my mission alright but there, and, and nor would I compare believing in Santa Claus to believing in God. Somebody say amen to that. Not the same thing. But I do want to springboard off that, and I want us to talk about something that, that every one of us have had to deal with at some point in our life, and maybe you're wrestling with now, and that's just the battle to believe. There are going to be points in everyone's life in our walk with God. Maybe you're here today trying to even uh, begin your walk with the Lord, and you're 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 dealing with this thing. You know, do I believe? What do I believe? Has there ever been a struggle to believe in God? Sometimes life really makes that difficult. But but what what I want you to see here is not only are we just talking about the ability. Uh, To to struggle? Do we believe in God? You know what I find? Despite the uh, uh, all the vocal minority in our culture, what is that? Our media and our entertainment. That if you would just listen to that noise, you would think that in this nation uh, they don't believe in God anymore. But every poll you'll find the overwhelming majority of Americans believe in God. They believe in His existence. But I want to take that one step further today. Because, see, there's something about believing in a God, and that's what a lot of people say. Well, I believe in a God. I believe there's a God. But I'm not talking about that today. Let's talk about you and I as believers, okay? It's one thing to believe in God. It's another thing to believe God. Did you get what I just said? There's one thing to say. I believe there's a God. I believe there's a God somewhere. I, I, I believe in his existence. That, that's, that's kind of distant. What I'm asking you today, do you believe him? Do you believe his word? you believe what He says? Do you Him, do you trust Him? That's that battle for belief. And let's talk about that today. Let's deal with that. Because I find that uh, it's not something we want to raise our hand and say, that's me. Probably at every juncture in your life, every believer here today, there's been a moment where life was so tough, you struggled to believe that promise. You struggled to hold on it to your faith. You were challenged with something. It didn't make sense. You didn't understand why does this happen. I don't like this moment I'm in. And what's happened, it's the battle to believe. Let's look at this scripture. And, and, and this is not an uncommon thing, but, but God has hope for us. In Mark chapter 9, I want you to look at this one simple verse. We're going to circle back around. But look at this statement. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Again, you don't have to raise your hand. You ever been there before? He said, God, I believe, Jesus. I believe, but I need some help overcoming unbelief. Anybody ever walked that track in your life? Something was in your face, a struggle, a problem, an issue. And, And he said, look, I'm not a person without faith. I'm not a person that doesn't believe but I'm fighting a battle right now I'm struggling holding on I, I, I want to believe you've got to help me believe how many are thankful God will help you believe today can we say amen to that when we're facing the reality that grind so this father in this situation and we're going to come back to him later we're going to see this journey he says you know I have faith I am believed. I believe in you but I'm struggling please help me overcome any kind of unbelief in my life You know, what what does it mean to believe? Simply, the biblical definition of believe means to be persuaded of. Think of that. To be persuaded of. I like that because, you know what that says to me? I want to help you. That means belief is a process sometimes. That means belief is a process. Like Abraham, man, he started off and God made him a promise. And it took him a while to get to the place where he had confidence God will do what he said. But in the process says he became a great man of faith. I want to encourage you today, you can become persuaded to believe in God. Who will give God opportunity, he'll show himself faithful. Anybody seen God faithful in this house today? Yeah, to be persuaded of to place your confidence in. So see, not just do I believe in a God somewhere, do I believe God Do I believe his word? Do I believe his promise? Look at Acts 5, 12 through 14. I love this because the Bible defines you as a Christian, as a believer. That's your name. Look at this. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people and all the who? They didn't call them all the Baptists, Methodists, Episcopalians, Catholic, Assemblies of God, Pentecostals, Charismatics. You know what he called us? Believers. You know what distinguishes you before you were a Christian and after you are a Christian? You're a believer. You found something. You became persuaded of the reality of God and the faithfulness of God, and you're called a believer. Now, you may be like the scripture we read a minute ago where you say, man, yeah, pastor, I believe, but I'm in a battle right now. That's okay. God's going to bring you through this battle. You have to understand how to walk this thing. So the apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet it together Solomon's colonnade let's look at another couple of scriptures no one else dared join them i, I love this terminology do you know what the setting of this now i don't want to kind of get you uh, uh, upset here or the you know the few days before christmas with your good looking sweater on but you you, you got to understand the context here Do you know what happened before this in acts chapter 5 ananias and sapphira made a plan to lie to the holy spirit if you know what it, if you read your bible it didn't work out too well Okay, so in the awesome fear of God, okay, watch this. I love this terminology. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. So nobody joined them, but look at the next verse. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number daily. You know what happened? People weren't joining the church. They were coming to faith in God. In other words, when they saw the awesome power of God, all the skeptics said, I'm not going over to that church. (laughs) I'm not hanging out with that crowd. I'm not just going to join. But when you come to believe, it changes everything. See, once they came to their own personal faith in God, it changed their life. That's who they're called. Guys, you and I are called believers. How many are thankful that's our name? That's who we are. Now, we're going to have our faith challenged at times. But let's take a minute before I go any further. I want you just to think about this we're talking about believing God I believe your word God I believe your promises in the face of all this stuff I believe you in the face of this moment in the face of the delay I want you to know God I trust you I believe you let me ask you a question here I want you to think for a minute has God not already given you and I many 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 proofs of his faithfulness have we not already seen evidence to believe in him? What about all the times that uh, God has protected you? Anybody have a testimony where something happened and you shouldn't be here today, but he protected you? You've had any protection? Anybody? No, don't just act churchy and raise your hand because the person next to you did. You know, but, but, but I believe that. Has God healed anybody in this room? I want you to put your hand up and leave it up for a minute. Have you been physically healed? Anybody been physically healed? Look at this. Has anybody been healed or someone in your family healed? Let me see your hand. Look at this room. God's shown himself faithful, hasn't he? He's given us something to believe in. Has God ever answered a prayer for anybody in this room? Anybody had a family member saved? Anybody seen God make provision when you didn't know how he was going to do it? See, God is faithful. We have, if we'll take a moment in that battle to believe. That's what Satan really wants. You know what he wants for you as a Christian? If he can't steal your faith in God, he wants to steal you believing the word of God. That it's just not going to happen. So we, we see this. We've seen His mercy. We've seen His grace. How many have been comforted by God? Have you ever had peace when you shouldn't have peace? You, you know what I'm saying? You had peace when it didn't make any sense to have peace. People looked at you and said, why are you acting that way? It, you have peace that passes understanding, strength, direction. Has God ever guided you and, and, and you didn't understand what's going on? And He put you at the right place at the right time. See, faith, believing... God will do what he said. That's the God we serve. See, everything, you, you and I have to understand, everything surrounding the birth of Jesus was hard to believe. Everything about it. Everybody connected with it. Struggled with this. Let, let's look at Zechariah. We talked about him Wednesday night, and I'm not going to share that message on the timing of God. We had a great time Wednesday looking at the timing of God. But I wanna, let's talk about Zechariah. Everything surrounding the birth of Jesus Was hard to believe. I want to go to Luke and and Luke chapter 1. Let's go to verse 8. I'm going to read a little bit of this. So open your Bibles, your your devices, and and I want you to see this moment. Now, who is Zechariah? Zechariah would become the father of John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, the one that launched this whole series of events. And I'm telling you, there's some people God used greatly that had to win the battle of belief. How many of you say today, Pastor, I'm going to win the battle of belief. I'm going to be a believer. Now, I don't care about Santa Claus and the elves and the reindeer. I'm talking about God. I'm talking about the realities of life. When things are tough and you say, God, I'm going to believe you. Everything about it. Watch these people come through this. So let's look at, it at um, in Luke chapter 1. And beginning in verse number 8, watch this. So who was Zechariah? He would become the father of John the Baptist. He was a priest. And so watch this. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was in there at the temple on duty. He was serving as priest before God. Now we read before this, he and his wife Elizabeth were very advanced in years, kind of like Abraham and Sarah, that always wanted a child. We'll see in a minute. They would prayed for a child that never had an answer to that, all right? So, once while Zachariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense, When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. Let let me just make a little point real quickly. I don't know everybody's biblical background. When you're talking about burning incense, this wasn't, you know, the Hare Krishna thing. This wasn't the dope smokers covering it with incense. You understand? It's not incense like you know today. i am just got to help you. This was the very altar of incense in the holy place of the temple right before the curtain of the Holy of Holies. This wasn't just the moment. This was the highest honor that a common priest could ever have. Only the high priest could go pass this into the Holy of Holies, but to stand there and offer the incense before the curtain of the Holy of Holies was the highest privilege this man had ever had. Many of them never got this opportunity. It came by lot. They lot. They, they were serving. So this was a huge moment. It was a very holy and godly moment that he was in but he never expected an angel to be there. Now watch this, verse 13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zachariah. Your prayer has been heard. Tell somebody next to you, God's already heard your prayer. He didn't say, God just heard your prayer. Do you get that? He didn't say, God just heard your prayer. He said, your prayer has been heard. I want some good news for you again. Your prayer has been heard. You say, well, where's the answer? Well, let's just keep reading. Your prayer has been heard. Come on, we need to thank God for that. So he said, your prayer has been heard. Now watch this. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You're to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine or other fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will will he bring back to the Lord their God. He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. To turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That's time to say hallelujah. Thank you God But his humanity was still hanging around, like yours and mine. So watch this. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? Oh, Zechariah, hold on, chief. You were right there. How can I be sure of this? (laughs) All right, I'm an old man, and my wife's well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. Let me help you get the tone. We talked about this wednesday this wasn't i'm gary he, he he says how do i believe this that angel looked at him and said i'm gabriel i stand in the presence of god you understand that <laughs> that was the response what do you mean okay and i've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news and now you'll be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their proper time. Sometimes when an angel walks in your life, there's a battle to believe. Tell the truth. He said he heard all these things. God heard your prayer. He sent an angel. You're going to have the son. He's going to do amazing things. And the, and the battle of belief was, how do I know? Come on, God. Do you know sometimes, let's tell the truth, it's harder to not believe than to believe if we come to certain points in our life. Isn't it the truth? Sometimes we struggle. So we see Zachariah do this. Now, the good, now what, hap, what would happen to us if every time we said something in doubt and unbelief, God said, you can't talk for nine months. Be a, come on, tell the truth. How silent would the church be? <laughs> what if that happened this week? Can you imagine next Sunday coming here to praise? it's a sign language choir <laughs> what happened to it none of us can talk because we had the promise of God after all he's done for us and we looked at Him and he said how can I be sure how do I know you're who you say you are come on have we ever battled with that let's tell the truth in the mercy of God well you know what happens his wife did conceive and nine months later the boy was born and he hadn't taught for nine months and they said what are you going to name the boy well john had, i mean zachariah already told her written down you call this boy john okay <laughs> name him john if i can't say it you name him john and so they say what are you going to name him and elizabeth said we're going to name him john and everybody says, you don't have anybody in the family named john you can't name the boy john and 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 and, and zachariah says give me some paper you know what his name is john his mouth comes open aren't you thankful That when you've gone through the battle of believing and maybe you tripped over the front end of it that by the time the process got you over here you're believing that God will do what he said and that's what John wrestled with in his life. He wrestled there. Let me make a couple of statements. God's promises are always more credible than my human logic. How many heard what I just said? God's promises are always more credible than my human logic. Listen, there are going to be times, and, and let me help with something. Do you know that God gave us logic? It's a gift to us. Logic it's how engineers work and architects work and computer programs are designed logic is a gift from God it's how we operate it's how we make systems work thank God for logic but when logic butts up against the promise of God. I choose to believe the promise of God. When they are standing there, I have to realize I am limited, but my God is unlimited, right? My knowledge has its limitations. God's ability has no limitation. What I deal with is possibility. What God deals with are impossibilities, and He can do that, amen? Just because... We can't figure a God out doesn't mean we should doubt him. How many can say amen to that? Can I tell you the truth? In fact, if you have a God that you can completely figure out, he's really not a God. He's no bigger than you. See, if if, if I can figure everything out about God, if I know every way God works, if I understand all the ways of God, He's no bigger than I am. There comes that moment when my God has made a promise and it flies in the face of what I see and what I think and what I know and then I can make a decision. Do you know believing's not an emotion? It's a choice. And I choose to say, God, I believe you're who you say you are. God, I believe you can do what you said you could do. Let me, let, let, let's look at this. What about Joseph? Come on. Here he is. Look at Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Joseph had to walk through this. Everything about the birth of Christ challenged the ability to believe. In Matthew chapter 1, I want to look at this in verse number 18. Follow along with me. Let's look at this. Now, come on. Let's, let's get real with this. Mary comes to Joseph, who she's engaged to. And she says, Joseph, we need to talk. She said, I'm going to have a baby. At that moment, his heart hit his feet. Because he knew their relationship was pure. And she had told him she was a virgin. And she was. But there was the talk. Now, let's be real honest. Men, guys, take your religious glasses off and deal with this for a minute. Ladies, do the same thing. Think about that conversation You ladies think about that young girl's heart Having to go tell this man That she loves with all of her heart And that she's engaged to I got to tell you something I won't have a baby Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that man Who trusts this girl Who loves her Who's asked her to marry him Who's making plans And she drops that bombshell on him Joseph I know this may be hard to believe. I'm going to have a baby. Oh, don't worry. Everything's fine. What do you mean everything's fine? Well, an angel came and told me this. Well, what does that mean? Well, the Holy Spirit placed God in my womb. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Tell me that one more time. You know what Joseph said? Truth of the matter is, about to read it, Joseph didn't believe her. How many of you would believe her? How many of us would believe her? It's quiet. Let's look at this. Verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, you understand that terminology, she was found to be with child. How? How? Right? There it is. Through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. In, in that culture, even at engagement, to break an engagement was on the same level. You would had to go through a divorce process. So because he was a good man, he said, I'm not going to embarrass her. I'll just do it privately. I'm not going to make a show of this. Because under the culture of the day and the religion of the Jews, she could have been stoned to death. So he said, I'm not revengeful. I'm not going to hurt her. But what did he say? I don't believe her. I just don't believe her. Some this is over. This man's heart's broken. This young girl's devastated. It's tough to believe sometimes. Anybody with me here? Thank you for those two. <laughs> Verse 20. But after he'd considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, "Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived of hers from the Holy Spirit." Now he'd already heard that once. And he didn't believe it the first time, all right? She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Who named him? Joseph did. Wow. You're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us, all right? God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what he did. Someone say he did. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. And he, Joseph, gave him the name Jesus. Do you understand that Joseph was caught where you and I get in life sometimes, caught between what God said and what makes sense. Caught between what God said and what makes sense. But do you know what Joseph did? I want to help you. He obeyed God. He obeyed God. He was trapped. It was hard to believe. At first he didn't believe. But when God spoke to him, what did Joseph do? He did not let his confusion disrupt his obedience. Is anybody with me right now? He refused to let what he could not understand rob him of trusting in the God he had his faith in. So he said, I don't get it. I don't like it. It doesn't make sense to me, but I'm going to do what you said. How many are thankful for that? Do you know the Bible said faith without works is... Is dead. That's what James said. So you know what you and I can do while we're battling to believe? We might be in our mind going, I don't like this. I don't see this. I don't get this. I don't want this. My mind can be fighting while my feet can be obeying. Is anybody listening to me right now? I can do it. My emotions are screaming run away, but my faith says go to him. That's what we do. F- believing means I do. Joseph refused to let what didn't make sense ruin what he had now let me circle back to that verse i read to begin today in mark chapter 9 where the father says i believe but help my unbelief let's back up a few verses go to mark chapter 9 verse 21 look at this jesus asked the boy's father how long has he been like this now stay don't don't get ahead of me on verses from childhood he answered this boy was possessed of a demon he would throw him into the fire to kill him. He would throw him in the water to drown him. People had prayed for him and nothing had happened. And Jesus looks at this dad and says, Sir, how long has he been like this? All of his life he's been like this, is what he's saying. All his life. Now you understand a little more the context. Let's go to the next verse. This is what Jesus said. It is, or the father said, Has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. Watch this. I, I love this. This is a loaded question to Jesus. Are you with me, guy? But if you can do anything, oh, he's the man. You got me? But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. You see what he's saying? He's struggling. He's struggling. His boy's been like this his whole life. And Jesus said, what's going on? And he looks at Jesus. He looks at Jesus. Guys, sometimes we don't want to talk about this stuff. You don't stand up in church and say, I want to testify. Okay, what's your testimony? I'm struggling believing today. Come on, we pack it down. This guy looks at Jesus and says, look at this. If you can do anything. I don't know if you can help, Jesus. I don't know if you can do anything about this. I don't know if you're bigger than this demon. I don't know if this problem can stop. But he said, if you can do something. Look at Jesus' response. I love this. If you can, if you can, everything is possible to him who believes. Come on, let's thank God for that. If you can, if you can, if you believe, it takes all the limits off your life. How many understand that? If you believe, I love this, not believing in believing, not believing in the power of belief. Not believing just in the form of faith, but believing in the greatness of our God. If you believe in God, he says, there is nothing that's going to be impossible to you. There are going to be moments where you stand and say, God, can you do anything? Are you going to do anything? Will you do anything? And God looks at you and says, everything is possible if you trust me if you put your faith in me, if you believe me. And, and, and that was the encounter this man had. So, so let's go and, and, and wrap this up. I want to I look at Mary. Let's go and mark, uh, pardon me, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Zechariah had a battle to believe. Joseph had a battle to believe. But Jesus says if we believe, nothing is impossible to us. So let's read Mary's challenge, all right? In the sixth month, we read here, let me, let me catch up with everybody else. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. A, uh, the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this just might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Now, how many of you pray for favor? Do you like favor, God's favor? Do you know sometimes favor will scare you when it walks in the front door? (laughs) Sometimes favor comes and you're not ready for favor. huh? So, he says, The Lord's with you. You will be with child. Okay, in verse 31. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, we call the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, his kingdom will never end. Look at verse 34, how will this be? Zachariah said, God, how do I know you're telling me the truth? Joseph said, I don't believe that God could do something like this. He tells Mary, and Mary says, how is this going to happen? There are going to be moments in your life and my life when we are confronted with the promise of God and there is nothing in us that understands how God can make that happen. There is nothing in our logic. There is nothing in our resources. There is nothing at our disposal that can make that promise come true. And I think that's the struggle. Are you you with me right now? We struggle when we can't do it. We struggle when we have no answer for it. But all God asks us to do on the bottom line is to believe that he will do what he said. Believe in his ability. Mary Mary struggled. She had the battle of belief. Everyone in this account for God to come to us had to deal with this. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. Here's the answer, verse 33. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. How many of you would say today, God, I want the Holy Spirit to come on me today. See the difference in that? What moves us from where we are to what God promises? Not our ability, the power of the Holy Spirit. And and, and I love this. Look at this. And, And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Why don't you right now say, God, let the power of the Most High overshadow me right now. Pray that prayer right now. Say it right where you are. God, let the power... Of the Most High overshadow me today. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. God, I heard what you said, and I'm gonna trust you, but I'm in a challenge. God, let the power of the most high overshadow me. Right now, why don't you exchange your unbelief for some belief and say, God, let the power of the most high begin to overshadow me. Okay? I want you to see this. Let's let's keep reading. So he says, and so the one, the holy one will be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. How many are ready for your identity to change? They called her barren, and now she's fruitful. Come on, you hear what I said? All their life, they categorized her. That woman can't have a baby, now she's going to have a baby. That person was told they could never achieve this. Now they're achieving it. That person was told you're never going to make it. Now they're making it. Are you with me? The devil's told you your family's never going to be saved. They're coming to be saved right now. The devil says you're never going to be healed. The healer's walking in your house right now. What we have to understand is where we've been doesn't define where we're going. What we've had to deal with doesn't mean I can't be and do and have. Everything his word says I can have. Why? Because it's not me. It's the power of the most high that's overshadowed me it's the holy spirit that's come upon me and all i am doing is saying god i trust you to do what you said it, it's the power of allowing god to do what he said now now i, I love this i love this look at these two verses we, we've got to really get these she says I, I love this in in the older uh in new international version it says this it's, it says this uh for nothing is impossible with god all right but this translation says for no word from God will ever fail. Now, now show verse 37. Give that to me in the King James translation. Look. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Isn't that what we've already heard is is anything and that what Jesus said. Now go back to the NIV. I'm th- thank you for jumping around. I'm jumping back. So what in the world is did two different people translate this? What happened? For nothing is impossible with God and this translation says no word from God would ever fail. That's not a mistranslation. It's it's the same verbiage in the Greek explained two different ways. The initial reading, you look at it, it says, Mary says to the angel, how's this going to be? He says, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. The power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. And the angel looks at her and says, and you need to remember, nothing's impossible with God. That saying this is saying the same thing. No word from God will ever fail. Everything he ever said he would do, he would do. No word from God would ever fail. Look at this in the Amplified Translation. For with God, nothing is ever impossible. See, they add them together. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. You you know what I think? I want you to all read that out loud with me. Come on, are you ready? This one right here. Ready? Let's read it out loud together. For With God, nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Did you hear yourself? I want you to read it one more time. I'm going to be quiet. I want to hear you declare this in this moment. You ready? Let's go. Four. Come on, come on. What a statement from God. Nothing with God is ever impossible. Nothing with God, with God, with God, nothing with God is ever impossible. Why? Because no word from God shall be without power or possible fulfillment. You understand this whole thing originates with him? It's not about you and me. We just don't let our unbelief get in the way. We just simply say, I believe you. Why? Because you said it. I believe you you know what believing does it creates room in your life for God to be God it creates space give God an opportunity believe God how do I give him an opportunity you do what Joseph did I don't get this but I'm gonna do what you said see the the word now you're opening a word to work and then I love this and I've told you this before but for many years I stopped reading this account right here I always stopped right here Because once the angel answered, How's it going to happen? Power of the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. Power of the Most High overshadow you. And the angel said, Nothing's impossible with God. I was like, Hey, that's wow. But look at verse 38. I want you to see this. Because this, this encounter wasn't over. For many years, I stopped one verse short of this encounter because it wasn't over yet. And this amazes me. Look at this Mary had to respond, Mary had to respond. God sent an angel and said, this is what I'm going to do. This is my plan for you, young lady. You're going to conceive by the Holy Spirit and give birth to the Son of God. Young lady, nothing is impossible. And I thought that was all over. But I want you to look at this. Mary had an answer. Mary had to respond. Are you with me today? Mary had to make her choice. Do you know that the plan of Almighty God is stated? But its reality depends on you and I saying, I agree. Look at this. I am the Lord's servant, she said. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then look at that last sentence. Then, see the timing? Then, then the angel left her. It stuns me to think about the God of this universe sent Gabriel, the archangel, to a little village in Israel to a young virgin named Mary and said, This is the plan of God. Think of this to save the world. You're gonna do something. I, I want our worship team, come on. I want you to go ahead and come on, join with the singers and musicians. Listen, listen. He sent this and said, This is my plan to save the world. Are you with me? Listen to me, don't lose this. And then, after God makes this declaration to this young girl, the hope of the world hanging in the balance, the angel stands and folds his wings. And wait for her to decide what she'll do. The encounter wasn't over. The f- salvation wasn't sealed. Are you with me? The plan of God was hanging in the balance. Because they waited for the one who had the promise to say what? I'm the Lord's servant. I'm the Lord's servant. May your word be to me fulfilled. Then the angel left her. God brought his will. Mary had to respond. I'm your servant, God. Let your word do its work in me. I believe you, God. Do you understand today? God, what what would happen if she had said no? I think probably would have found someone else. If you've ever heard of the great Catherine Kuhlman, had one of the greatest healing ministries we've ever known in this past century. She said in her biography that when God came to her, he was the fifth person he'd come to to give her that healing ministry. Men, hold on to your Bibles. He said I went to four men and they all turned me down I went to four men and they all turned me down God I can't handle this ministry God I don't want that ministry God I'm intimidated by this ministry so so please don't let me lose you here but I know some people get all worried about women preaching and stuff his word says your sons and daughters prophesy <laughs> Isn't that what he said Isn't that what the word says okay so he went to four men and for whatever reason they said, God, I can't do this. So he found a little single lady named Catherine Kuhlman. And Catherine said, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. You know right now, in your battle of belief, heaven's on your side. God is ready to fulfill everything he said. But there are those pivotal moments where we just say, like Joseph, like Mary. I don't understand how you're going to do it, and I'm pretty intimidated. But may your word be fulfilled in my life. Do what you said you'd do. I want you to stand with me. Come on. We're we're early. We're early because we're not through. We need to make some declarations to God today. Come on. How many say amen to that? We need to make some declarations. I love that nothing's impossible with God. How about you? I love that nothing's impossible with God. And in my life, I've faced some situations I thought, that's impossible. But here's what I know. If God says it, God's faithful. If God decrees it, God will do what He said. And I believe that. I believe that. You know, we, we, we really, we've got time. I, I just want to come back in the presence and worship God right here. I want you to think of these words and what we're learning and studying and what we're seeing today. And I want your spirit to rise up. And I want you to have your individual moment with God where you're saying, God, I want you to know I believe you. God, I believe you. I want you to know that whatever you say, I say yes. That whatever moment I'm in, I believe you're bigger than my moment. That I'm not going to let my confusion rob me of my obedience. That I'm not going to lose my voice. I'm not going to lose my moment. I'm not going to let somebody else take my place because I wouldn't do what you said. God will do what he says. Amen. The first generation out of Egypt, the first generation out of Egypt were supposed to go to the promised land. But they refused to believe God. And so they missed it. And so the second generation got a chance. And they're the ones that went in. Do you understand that? We've been taught a lot of people say whatever's going to happen is going to happen. That's a lie. God will do what he said, but who he uses is up to you and I. What did he tell Esther when Mordecai came to her? He said, Esther, don't you understand you're queen for a reason? But if you don't fulfill your purpose, God will find someone else to save his people. Calvary, I don't want somebody else to live out my destiny. I don't want someone else to do what God wanted us to do. I don't want another church to have to take the mantle that God put on us. Is anybody in this house with me? I want to stand before God in my greatest challenge and say, God, It's a tough assignment It's a hard moment I don't like it But by your grace I'm not going to let this moment Rob my obedience away Anybody with me on this thing? God wants you to fulfill your destiny God wants you to be who he made you to be And there's nothing that can stop that Unless you choose to walk off from it